Before we get into today's episode, I think we should give a shout out to our new friends from Clark After Dark. Teresa and Alan Clark are the hosts of a killer couples-based true crime show. More on that later. And we have been absolutely loving listening to their first few shows. Yeah, they have a really unique perspective on the cases they cover. And they get to show us what it's like when couples participate in healthy bonding activities. Mm, yeah. Their, uh, their dynamic is also really funny, and beyond having lots of interesting details about their cases, they're able to sprinkle in some sarcasm and a healthy dose of the F-bomb, something that we can appreciate. Uh, so far, they've covered probably the most notorious Canadian killers, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, and they just released an episode on Faye and Ray Copeland. I hope they do an episode on Bonnie and Clyde, because I think they're a classic, but uh, these ones are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. We won't give too many details away, but we will say that if we were to give them a Creeps and Coffee rating, it would be 10 out of 10 podcast robes. Alan definitely has the right idea. Please go check out Clark After Dark, a true crime podcast, on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, and give them a follow at Clark After Dark Podcast on Instagram. And I'm Jamie, and this is Creeps and Coffee, a show where we talk about the creepiest crime cases around the world. So let's grab some coffee and have a chat. Hello again. We have returned. Hi, guys. And it's been a struggle. It really has. Jamie and I are going through it right now. There was a lot of technical difficulties just to get this call happening. The universe did not want this to happen today. Yeah, so. But you know what? We're doing it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> how are you guys? Good. I'm so glad to hear it. Well, how are you, Jamie? Um, I'm good. <laughs> That sounded convincing. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, just, you know, seasonal depression mm-hmm. has decided, yes, it is still here. It hasn't gone away. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, that's fun. Um, how are you? I'm in, I'm in a similar boat. It is, uh, living in a basement is, um... Oh, yeah. 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 I... As someone who's lived in a couple basements, there's perks and there's downsides. Exactly. I am excited about this week's episode. Me too. It's It's, interesting. It is. It's, I don't know, it really puts into perspective how not weird we were at 14. (laughs) That's an understatement. Because, like, we were weird. But at but least we weird. weren't murderers. So, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, which I'm assuming you don't because I had never heard of this case before, it, they're called the Twilight Killers. Ah! The name sounds so fancy and, like, intricate. Like, it's this cool group not that murder's cool, but this, like, interesting group that, like, went out during Twilight and, like, avenged someone's wrongdoing. But instead, it's 14-year-olds who Being were dumb. really into Twilight. The yeah. film. So not as cool, but I like your idea. That could be a movie. That sounds good. Well, what can I say? Not based off these guys. No, no. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's start off by some background on Twilight. Uh, I hated it when it (laughs) came out. I read the books. I was a fan. I was gonna say, Uh, you did, you did like it. I, yeah, I very much liked it. I watched one of the movies, and I don't remember which one it was, but my friend in middle school made me go watch it because it was her birthday. That's nice. 
No. That you, that you went to see it for her. <laughs> oh, yes. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what happened. So you, you um, haven't, Taylor... like, watched it since? Never called? No. No. Taylor Lautner was the only redeeming thing about that entire franchise. <laughs> yeah, he's cute. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're not in this. <laughs> no. But the movies, it was like a, it was a big thing when it came to pop culture. Oh, yeah. Like, they're making a, a new book, by the way. No, they're not. Yeah, I think her name's Stephanie Mayer or whatever. She has, mm. she's writing a new book based on the daughter's perspective or something. <sighs> Spoiler alert, Bella has a daughter. Do you know about that? It's gross. I saw the puppet thing. Yeah, so that baby, Mm -hmm. Bella has a baby, and within seven years, she becomes a full-grown adult who Taylor Lautner's character has been in love with since she was born. Yeah, it's sketchy. I'm like sorry. as soon as he saw her as an infant, he was like, "I'm in love. That's my life partner." La la la. la. There's a lot. This whole episode could be me critiquing Twilight. <laughs> oh yeah, we should have our own movie channel too, or something. <laughs> oh my god, is that not what this podcast is? <laughs> this is slowly pretty close. Caitlin and Jamie just shit talk movie franchises. I mean, I'm also down if you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's, in the words of John Mulaney, we don't have time to unpack all of that. So, let's just say that despite its, um, issues, Twilight was a big deal. Everybody, well, mostly everybody was really into Twilight, the books, the movies. Yeah, guilty. Not guilty. Ha ha. I was too busy with One Direction. Uh, yep. <laughs> and apparently hey. uh, these guys were no no exception. Yes. Uh, Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham? Markham? Mm-hmm. Markham. Markham, yep. Mm-hmm. Markham. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, the case we're covering today is a whole lot of fucked up, you know? There's just, um, there's a lot going on. There's family drama. There's puberty happening and a lot of (laughs) hormones getting in the way of things. Pop culture. Pop culture really having an impact. Murder. (laughs) Murder. All of our favorite topics. Not in that order. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, unfortunately, the Twilight Killers are not as magical as the name may suggest. That's a big thing. I'm going to jump on my soapbox here again. Go for it. That's the thing about serial killers, or like, ugh, they're not really serial killers. The thing about murderers that I find awful is when the media gives them these names and they sound so much cooler and, like, more well thought out. Lethal lovers. Yeah, it makes them seem like it's a story and not a real situation. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Twilight Killers is a very fancy name, but the reality is these are the youngest double murderers in British history. Yeah. So we'll... Scooch on back to the year 2016. So at that point, we were 17, which is painful enough. Mm -hmm. But Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham, who Jamie mentioned, the the main characters of our tale today, Mm -hmm. um, they were 14 years old. Crazy. What were you doing at 14? Mm. Uh, swimming. I was in swimming lessons. Mm. Uh, I was a bookworm. And I loved school. I liked going outside and playing with my dog. Not killing Mm. people. No, Um, that's good. 
That's... Didn't have any murderous intent, but I enjoyed badminton. <laughs> what about you? I was a drama student. Uh, yes. a big, big theater kid. So um, we did a lot of pretty messed up shows. None of which involved leading anyone to murder someone in real life. Um, thankfully. Good. Good, good. Yeah. Just on stage. But for Kim and Lucas... They were uh, they were a little more focused on not childhood activities. Yeah. So I they're a little I, bit too grown up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not that I think in a lot of different ways. At any age, but oh yeah, well yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can only be eighteen just, or older to murder people. Just, just so okay. we're clear. <laughs> But like we've done in a lot of our true crime cases, I think the best way to sort of start off explaining how this case came to be is to talk about where these kids started. Bring us the Um, history. You know I will. So let's start with Kim, because she's sort of the main focus of all of this. So Kim lived with her mom. Her mom's name is Elizabeth and her younger sister whose name was Katie. She also had an older sister named Mary, but Mary lived outside the home because she was a little bit older. She was sort of less involved in this situation. But, yeah, Kim lived with Elizabeth and Katie. Uh, They lived in a place called Spalding, which is in southern Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire. Spalding! Lincoln. They lived in England. (laughs) <laughs> Spalding, like American Horror Story Season 3 Coven. Oh. Uh, the, the, the guy, the butler. And it returns, Sorry. folks. Jamie's still really into American <laughs> Horror Story. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Not important. <laughs> so yeah, so they lived in England. And they they did not have a very happy home. It was not... Going well. I couldn't find a lot of information on um, Kim's dad, if he was in the picture or not. Did you yeah, find I anything? Yeah, I couldn't find anything, no. Um, not one. I don't think he was in the picture. I think he kind of left early on in life. He I got it early. It <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Normally, I don't condone absent parents. Uh, but in this case, I think he probably made a good choice. Um, you got lucky. <laughs> anyway, um, so in 2008, there was sort of a situation that really became sort of the forefront of the dynamic between Elizabeth and Kim. So Elizabeth, who again is Kim's mother, hit Kim. Now, I don't know if this was like a punch. I don't know if it was a slap. Not that it really matters, but it was an abusive situation. But Elizabeth recognized that. She recognized it was the wrong thing to do, and she referred herself to social services. She called Child Protective Services on herself. She knew that she was not doing the right thing. So Kim and Katie were sent to social services while everything was being sorted out, while Elizabeth went through work with like support workers, all that stuff. And then... They came back together once some therapy had been done, some work had been put in, and social services deemed it relatively okay for them to be under the same roof again. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as it tends to go, uh, it did not go well when yeah. they were back together. Because in theory, things can be great, but when you have to see that person face-to-face and have that dynamic together again, it's very different than when you're theorizing what it's going to be like. unfortunately so when they came back together things didn't really change kim told support workers and social services that her mother had tried to throttle her kim left a suicide note she actually tried to commit suicide at one point Mm -hmm. which is very sad Um, it's a very young age to be going through stuff like that i've been there i get it been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Jamie and I were joking about that earlier, and I was like, maybe that's a little fucked up to joke about. But, uh, you know. <laughs> well, when you have a dark enough sense of humor like us... As Jamie told me when we were 
both at our lowest points <laughs> in life. If you can't laugh at yourself, you might as well kill yourself. <laughs> and it's I've chosen to live by that every goddamn day. Well, I just... I feel like so much stuff has happened in both of our lives mm-hmm. where it's like you just kind of want to give up or you want to quit mm-hmm. or you want to just say I hate everything not, like nothing matters and it's like it's either do that and stay depressed or just laugh because it's so mm-hmm. ridiculous like today I made two different baked goods and I ruined both of them and you know what I did I said I guess I'll kill myself, and then I laughed, and then I was fine. <laughs> so you, you go. just gotta take it in stride. I think my exactly. parents gave me that skill. Thanks, guys, for torturing that into me. <laughs> <laughs> I think your parents gave me that skill too. <laughs> <laughs> they drilled it into us when we were seven. Yeah. <laughs> they really did. Just laugh it off. It's fine. It's made mm-hmm. us very funny. <laughs> exactly, and now we're the hosts of a sponsored podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we're funny. We're so funny. I have to tell people people I'm funny so they know I'm funny. (laughs) That's true. Exactly. That's the only way. (laughs) But while we are able to laugh at the experiences we went through, um, Kim Kim wasn't. Kim did not enjoy. (laughs) Kim didn't think anything was very funny. And you know what? We can't. I'm not making a judgment on her for that. Sometimes you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, exactly. But... When Elizabeth found the suicide note that Kim had left, she arranged for an emergency psych assessment, which, good on her, that's a really smart thing to do, to really see and target what needed to be done. But they found no signs of any diagnosable mental illness. Huh? (laughs) So, questionable. Okay. Um, Because I can... I can tell you from experience that the questionnaire they do for psychiatric assessments is very vast. It covers a wide range of psychological disorders, personality disorders, anything. And to find no signs of mental illness after leaving a suicide note. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's the term the kids are saying. Sussy baka. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) All right, folks, this is going to be the last episode of Poops and Coffee. No! Anyway, so what it really all boiled down to, Kim said, was that she didn't feel like she was wanted. Mary was not around. She was the older sister. She was living her own life. Kim really felt like Katie was the favorite child, that everything surrounded Katie and what Katie wanted. Um, Which, you know, it's a middle child experience, so I've been Mm. told from all of my friends that are middle children. But just because you're a middle child doesn't mean you're allowed to murder people, guys. No, exactly. (laughs) We will say that very firmly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there was jealousy, there was a lot of pain, and Mary actually said that she felt that her sister was unhinged. Which is a red flag, especially if the clinic was like, no mental illness. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Or I think it's very, like, manipulative to be able to throw out a suicide note and then psychologically be sane. Yeah. Or at least be able to manipulate the results. Yeah. Like, that's a level of psychopathy. Well, yeah, you're right. Aren't I always? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she said she was unhinged. So it was, um, it was not looking good at this point. And it was shortly after this, when Kim was 13 years old, that she met a boy named Lucas. Lucas Markham. And they started dating. It really was a truly romantic meeting. Um, when they met, Lucas was, uh, in a fit of rage in a classroom throwing a chair across the room and Kim was like that one that's That's the the one one. that's the one for (laughs) sure that's hot (laughs) yeah so clearly she's got (laughs) she's got the hots for the right kind of guy so 
let's talk about Lucas, this great guy. So Lucas, he he dealt with a lot in childhood. And I've, I've said this like four or five times in other episodes. Having a bad childhood does not justify becoming a bad person. There are plenty of factors that can help you deal with trauma and grief and all those things. Nature and nurture, though. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that you can't recognize that someone had a negative experience, even if they're a shitty person. So, like Lucas, at age four, he went into foster care because his parents got divorced and it turned very violent, very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So he was placed into the foster care system eventually his aunt took him in which was nice this is a like slight side note but he called her his auntie and like just he continued to refer to her as his auntie and i just i love that thing about british people it's my auntie auntie i cannot do british accents sorry for the people who are in the uk listening i'm so sorry (laughs) and i live there and i can't even emulate the accent no there's there's a lot of... Di- I tried to do a Scouse accent. Did not a what? go well. A Scouse accent, like Liverpool. What does that sound like? <laughs> Let me don't, hear you try. Don't ask me. <laughs> I'll tell you not when we're recording. Okay. My I friend Anna can do an amazing Irish accent. Oh. And it, she was like, just talk like you have a mouthful of soup. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know what, that's... Fair advice. I had to do an Irish accent for a play once. I don't understand. It's fun to say potato. Potato. See, that's the only thing I can do. There you go. That was a good one. Or turkey tree. And the only thing I can say in a Scottish accent is McGregor. (laughs) The only thing I can say is if you had the chance to change your fate, would you? Whoa, what's that? (laughs) It's from Brave. (laughs) Oh. Sounds great cool. film a better film than twilight i will say yeah agreed um <laughs> so lucas we are we are killing it on the tangents tonight off topics it's 1 oh, a.m for me so it's fine <laughs> i don't have the same excuse but that's fine so lucas was taken in by his auntie at the age of five so a year after the foster care situation mm-hmm Lucas's mother died of leukemia. Oh. Which is very sad. That's a very early age to lose a parent. It's never easy to lose a parent in general. Yeah. But especially so early when you haven't experienced any of life's pivotal moments with that parental figure. Yeah. So I sympathize with him on that one. Um, and at the same time, he couldn't really develop a relationship with his father as he grew up. Because his father was a really severe alcoholic. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that he was probably abusive, um, if not physically, at least verbally, because mm-hmm. they said his parents' divorce was very intense um, and violent. So mm-hmm. I would imagine some level of abuse was involved in that. Sure. So yeah, Lucas did not have um, great experience. So uh, by 14, he he was like a decent kid in school. Like He had a lot of potential. He showed a high aptitude for math. Which, can't relate. Same. But he, that really got overshadowed by his anger issues. He had a lot of anger issues. He had a lot of violent outbursts. And that brings us back to when he met Kim, throwing the the chair across (gasps) the classroom. Full circle. Yeah, there you go. So they started dating pretty early on. Um... And Elizabeth didn't like it. I think she had a good instinct there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, she described them as a time bomb waiting to go off because they were not not healthy together. They, like, ran away from their homes together. They were found, like, six days later sleeping in a tent in the forest. And Elizabeth also really didn't like that they were having... It wasn't just, like, like, kids dating. Like, they were having a sexual relationship like a very adult relationship which is crazy to me because at 14 i was like still playing with barbies i didn't even have my first kiss till i was 17 yeah so it's like 
14. Like, no hate to anybody, but that's just very no. mature. And these people have a lot going on, so it probably was not a good idea to no, start and I think something like that so young. It was probably a grasp at control for both of them to have some sort of, like, controlled relationship in their life, which yeah. is sad to think about. But it's, um, sex changes a lot. Like, it's a big step to take. Mm-hmm. And when you haven't processed other aspects of your life, sex doesn't really help. Yeah. I, I mean, hormones are... Life. Yeah, hormones are a lot at 14. <laughs> so Yeah. So I get it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Just having flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm grateful that my hormones at 14 did not... Uh, did not dictate what was going on because there would have been a significant amount of regret uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> quick change the subject yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> i was gonna change the subject really abruptly but um the next thing that really happened that was significant was that <sighs> in march of 2016 <laughs> kim tried to kill herself again <laughs> so this was the time where she overdosed on painkillers, and rip. it it was well she didn't die so <laughs> <laughs> almost rip. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry, I know it's not great to laugh about it, but I feel like we're qualified at least to joke. <laughs> wow! At least you. <laughs> I've and, tried it enough times for both of us. And I, by proxy, am <laughs> allowed So after this situation, Elizabeth was really pointing out that, like, the relationship was not healthy. It was clearly not doing anything to benefit Kim's mental health. Um, yeah. Probably likewise for Lucas, but that obviously wasn't Elizabeth's focus. She was concerned about her daughter. She wanted to make sure her daughter felt safe and loved and healthy. So after Kim OD'd, there was a lot of recovery time to experience. And it was at some point after this. We're not sure how soon after, um, but not long after, that Kim and Lucas decided that they didn't need the influence of Kim's family anymore. And they were going to plot to murder them. So Kim said that when they started talking about it, Lucas was joking. So she said, and I quote, Lucas was joking. Then he realized I wasn't joking. Then he said he wasn't joking either. And it escalated from there. That's two crazy people. (laughs) That is two crazy people. Well, you know what? Before we get into the details of the murder, I think it's a good time to pause for an ad break. Oh! Okay. <laughs> I mean if you insist. Alright, we will be we will be back one Guys, you heard it, I we got <laughs> after all of our complaining. Um yeah, after the break we will get into the details of what really went on. Hi friends. We're just popping in to tell you about a fabulous new podcast that we've been listening to. If you're like us, you love hearing about cases that have a unique flair to them. Maybe they're unsolved or crimes committed by children. For husband and wife duo Teresa and Alan Clark, their interest is rooted in true crime couples. Their new podcast, Clark After Dark, is a true crime show focused on telling the true stories behind some of the most murderous couples around. What I love about Clark After Dark is that they are really able to offer a lighthearted approach to cases that can be really intense. If you like hearing the facts behind true crime cases, along with a healthy dose of sarcastic humor, which, if you're listening to us, you probably do, Clark After Dark is the show for you. Check out Clark After Dark on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. A big thank you to Clark After Dark for sponsoring today's episode, and thank you to you guys for checking them out. Now, let's get back to the show. And we're back. When we left off, we were talking about them deciding to plot the murder of Kim's family. Yes, a casual Tuesday night. 
obviously. All right. Trigger warning. All right. Murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We should have started with that. <laughs> mm-mm. <laughs> so, yeah. One evening or nighttime in April of the same year, uh, Lukey Dukey. 2016 <laughs> decided uh, he was gonna do their plan and so he walked to what's her name? <laughs> Kim. Katie? Kim. <laughs> oh my uh, god. He wa- <laughs> I promise I'm here. Mm-hmm. He walked to Kim's uh, house and she snuck him in through the bathroom window and he executed the first step of the plan, which was to go into the mom's room, Elizabeth, and he held a pillow over her head and stabbed her multiple times in the neck. And straight up murder, uh. but Elizabeth apparently fought and she like clawed at him, but it was to no avail and she did pass away, unfortunately. And the sick man that this dude is, he man, then he's fourteen years this old. This child, this fucking child, this little boy, uh, then went to the little sister's room, Katie, and then killed her while she slept as well. Nice guys, mm-hmm. real, real, real mean. So mm-hmm. yeah, Katie I, was what thirteen. I don't know actually how old Katie, but I have a quote I can read from after the fact, but I think it it fits well here that the girl Kim, she was talking to her psychologist and she said, I thought it would have been better for my sister to die too. I didn't kill my sister out of anger and I miss her, but I was excited about killing my mother and I was looking forward to it. That's psychotic. She also told her psychiatrist, I wanted to get revenge for the way she treated me. I did not feel anything for my mother. She deserved it, and I'm glad she's dead. And what are those signs and symptoms of Caitlin? That, my friend, is psychopathy. Like, clear, full-on, like, like there's no empathy, no remorse, no, no. guilt. Like, I, I, I would sort of understand if it's like the abusive parent and stuff Mm -hmm. but also your kid sister who you just admitted you have no reason to kill you just did it out of convenience yeah like and like while kim didn't necessarily do the murder herself she planned it she's just as guilty like well she even said like lucas was kidding he was joking around about it she wasn't joking yeah like i think this is a it was a real situation of, there's um, a literary term that I teach my students. Oh, okay. So, la folie de. Oh. So the insanity or like the craziness of the two. Yeah. So it's sort of that paranoia and that insanity that plays off of one another. So when Whoa. one of them goes crazy, the other one just keeps amping it up and they feed off of each other's energy and I think that's exactly what's happening here yeah. is that they both are in an unhealthy situation and like Elizabeth said it was a time bomb waiting to go off that makes sense um but yeah so I straight up think they're honestly both psychopaths he might even just be like a sociopath because he got the rage issues and stuff mm. but like mm. um I was reading an article and it said that even after her arrest, they were unable to diagnose them, but because she's under 18, Mm. uh, but they're sure she has an undiagnosed personality disorder at the minimum. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. and probably a lot more. (laughs) I have a degree in psychology, but I don't need it to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you may be asking yourself, or you may be asking us, Kate, Jane. This is called The Twilight Killers. You talked about the movie relentlessly at the (laughs) beginning of this. Why? Where's Twilight? Well, friends, buckle up. So, 
after they brutally murdered her family, yeah. Kim and Lucas decided to eat ice cream. They took a okay. bath together. They had sex. And then they watched four Twilight movies. Until the police arrived. Yeah. What a great excuse for a movie marathon. Like, hello? Because they thought it was like a Romeo and Juliet-esque situation. Edward and Bella were like forbidden lovers. And they were forbidden lovers. They should have just, like, not to condone murder, but <laughs> they probably could have got away with it if they left. Mm-hmm. Steal a car, like, get out of the country, literally, do anything except have ice cream, take a bath, and watch Twilight at yeah. the crime scene. Like, yeah, it's almost like they wanted to get caught, you know? Well, here's the thing. Their plan was... They were going to kill themselves together. What took? Why didn't they? Because they were too busy having sex and watching Twilight. I was going to say, what took so long? They watched one Twilight and they were like, well, we got to watch the whole series. (laughs) They had a note that they were going to leave. So Mm -hmm. the note said, and I quote, fuck you, world. Which is the most 14-year-old suicide note (laughs) I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) riveting guys and then they said I want to be cremated and want our ashes scattered at our special place which was the place in the woods where they ran off and were like living in the tent yeah that's not gonna happen but you know what that fuck you world statement I feel like that was the story of Twilight (laughs) like that was (laughs) I don't know much about Twilight, but everything I've seen, Bella looks like she hates herself. Yeah. Everyone's miserable. Also, yeah, except for Jacob. <laughs> well, he gets Jacob's in love with a kid. Like, the second or third movie. Well, he's in love with a child, so. Yeah, got a fair. pedophile werewolf, <laughs> a miserable vampire, and his family. You're gonna summon the the Twilight stands. They're gonna kill Good. you. <laughs> Bring it on. Oh, God. I do not associate with this woman. (laughs) (laughs) Except that she's been my best friend for 17 years. 17? 15? 15. Oh, I don't know. Fucking four lifetimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... The police showed up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. To these, like, brutal murders. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it was us. But I think that just shows the the juvenile aspect of them yeah again not condoning murder but there's better ways to do it if you're gonna do it yeah not that i would know (laughs) one thing that um i wanted to note that i made me want to punch someone is that during uh her trial kim refused to plead guilty to Mm -hmm. murder and um wanted to go for a manslaughter charge instead which that's not what manslaughter is this was premeditated you were there you helped like you knew about it at a mcdonald's with lucas yeah so it's like that's murder babe (laughs) yeah so obviously uh manslaughter was not accepted by the crown and prosecution was like "Mm, nope that's murder (laughs) Sounds fake, um, but okay. Yeah, but at the trial, um, the sister Mary, who oh. survived, because she wasn't mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. thank God, uh, she said she kept looking at Kim and wanted to jump over the fence and knock her face off, because... I love that. <laughs> well, it's because Kim was being a little psycho. She would look over at Mary and smirk at her, oh. as if to say, like, ha-ha. And no, it's like, no. see, there's no remorse there. There's no guilt. You no. deserve jail for life. Like, I don't care if you're a minor. Like, arrest, jail. I throw agree. her in solitary. I don't... But that's not what happened. No. They are currently serving 17 and a half years. And that's like, it. That's not even a life sentence. Fuck? I don't know why he didn't get more. Because he straight up killed two people. Yeah, he was the one that, like suffocated them and stabbed them in the throat 
Like, there are people who've done less and gotten more years. Like, Mm -hmm. huh? Like, I get their minors, but at 14, can't you try them as adults? Because they're making grown-up decisions like that, having sex, killing people. (laughs) You're an adult now, congrats. (laughs) (laughs) Get the consequences. I've never heard you make that sound. <laughs> You're an adult now. <laughs> You're an adult. But yeah, and then Kim well, said that she was happy that Lucas had killed her family members because, uh, like, quote unquote, her mom doesn't have to deal with her being suicidal, doesn't have to wake up worrying every morning and see if I'm still alive and if my sister and my sister doesn't have to go through all the heartbreak and emotions and stuff. She doesn't Bull. care about that. Bull. None of that matters. <laughs> if that matter. was the case, you could have done. So, you could have gone to therapy. You could have done like twenty why other things. People, why? Why are people like this so avoidant of therapy? Like it. It helps. <laughs> it's, it's hard, all, but it helps. You know what? You know what it it's is. It's easier than it's, murder. It's a hundred percent. Oh my god. <laughs> Less risk. No, I just. I don't. I don't understand. Wasn't was it the Slenderman murders we were talking about? They were like twelve, and they were tried as adults for attempted murder because it exactly. was exactly. It was like you said, you're an adult now. <laughs> yeah. So like, why? Like maybe it's because in the UK it's different, but like mm-hmm. I don't see how it would differ that much. Like, no. uh, if it was up to me, it would be jail for sixty years. My thing is, like, a lot of people after this happened blamed sort of the false romance created by Twilight and this perpetuation of an unhealthy relationship that they thought maybe um, Kim and Lucas were trying to emulate. The same sort of dynamic between, what's his nuts, Edward, (laughs) (laughs) the sparkly guy, And Bella. My dad's gonna like that one. <laughs> What's his nuts? <laughs> I'm sorry. What was your point? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> they're, tr- <laughs> they're trying to emulate this unhealthy dynamic that, like, Edward is supposed yeah. to be this big protector and, like, really reality toxic. is he's he's controlling he's toxic he's literally changing the entire path of bella's life to f- mold into his reality not that kim was sort of the passive one in this yeah but she obviously would be the bella of the situation where this connection with this unhealthy person changed the course of her life in its entirety like I said, it's <laughs> it's that folie du, like it's the the madness of the two coming together. I want to rudely state to these two people if they ever hear this, how's the relationship going? Yeah, are you guys hmm? still together? I the wonder. The fourteen year old relationship where y'all were in love, are you still dating? Because I'm gonna say I don't think so. If I fourteen year old love, like ninety nine percent of the time doesn't last, guys. I'm. I am 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Looking back now, if I was still with the person I had a crush on at 14 years old, I'd kill myself. If I was, I think I'd just probably end up hating that person. I'd be, I, I don't have a patience for that. No. Sorry, flashback. Get it out. It's okay. <laughs> I can't. Oh, it's all coming back. It's just dry <laughs> heaving. <laughs> so, guys, if you're if you're like any of the students that I work with, and you're for some reason listening to this, ooh, don't work with you anymore. Um, and you're in love, or you think you're in love, get guys, over it. It. <laughs> I'm gonna tell it. you, it's probably not gonna last. Have fun while you can. Be safe. Don't murder people together, though. It's no. not gonna last, and that's okay. That's life. Mm-hmm. You'll grow <laughs> apart. Just, just don't kill people together. Don't make that kind of commitment. <laughs> no, 
What I was, that's, I remember what I was going to say when we started laughing. Okay. People shit on Twilight for it. And like, Mm -hmm. listen, I am the conductor (laughs) of the shit on Twilight train. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But not for this reason. Like, there was no 14 year old that was as into weird romance things as I was. I didn't murder anyone. That's not... That never even crossed my mind. Yeah. It's not in the normal psyche to want to do that. No. Even if Twilight was, like, a big motivator for it, that's not... That's not Twilight's fault. Yeah. That's some chemical imbalances happening. You need some Adderall or something. (laughs) We need a professional. (laughs) Can I get... Doctor Phil, Please. Oprah, somebody, somebody, anybody. <laughs> no, like there's, and it's the same argument people have about like, oh, video games make people more violent. Like, no, it's these people that already have a level of madness or mm-hmm. negativity inside them. It doesn't bring it out in people that don't already have that there. Yeah. Like, we've been playing video games for years. And How I don't many think Sims it... have we <laughs> drowned in their pools? I did once, and I felt awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I... <laughs> okay, I was going to say it didn't make us bad people, but maybe I can only speak for myself. <laughs> because I... Oh, my God. I will tell you guys... I decided for the first time this year I wanted to get my sim pregnant because I'd never had a family (laughs) before because that's just not how I roll. And so I was like, okay, uh, I'll marry this guy. He got old before I could marry him, but it was fine. Um, And then I was like, you know what? I don't want an old guy as the dad. I'm just going to kill him. So then I made my sim have coitus with him. And then it said he was exhausted. And that if he did anything strenuous, he would die. And I was like, wait, this would be a great way to get rid of him. So I made them of coitus again, and then he died in the bed. And then I felt horrible, because then the baby was depressed that her dad died. And my sim was depressed that her husband died. And I cried, because it said, what what was her name? It was like, um, she lost her soulmate. And I was like, oh my god, I'm going to hell. What a way to go. I I felt horrible. Like, if you imagine that in real life. What a way to go, though. What a way to go for him. But imagine the trauma for her. (laughs) I felt so bad. I was like, oh, I've traumatized my sim. So it's made me not a bad person. Because I feel horrible. Does that count as necrophilia? If you like, oh, don't even realize that they're dead. Yet. <laughs> oh, ew! I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, point being, <laughs> and I've killed so many people in Among Us. Like, there but that go. doesn't mean I'm evil. <laughs> as much as I shit on Twilight, it is not the cause of this murder. It was just their choice of relaxation. Stephanie Mayer, do you want to sponsor our next podcast? Probably not after how much shit I just said about her book. Robert Pattinson, however, I've got some questions for you. Go check out the new Batman movie. God, I hate Batman. That's a whole, you know what? I'm a Marvel girl. Me too. But I I, I don't have anything against DC. I just hate Batman. It's just a whiny I don't bitch. have anything against DC either. I just like Marvel more. Batman's just a whiny little bitch. Oh. Okay, we're not getting sponsored by Batman. <laughs> no, I don't want to be sponsored or by DC, Batman. Or DC, apparently. Marvel! <laughs> hey. If you want to sponsor us. If someone could get me in touch with Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say Please. Loki. <laughs> okay, we're anyway, a little yeah. off topic. We haven't that really is, talked uh... about anything for the past 10 minutes. <laughs> Anyway, that is um, that is the tale of the Twilight Killers. Now you know why they're called the Twilight Killers. Not nearly as romantic as it sounds. Yeah, sorry we kind of clickbaited you guys, but you listened. <laughs> Thank you. Suckers. <laughs> Please keep listening. <laughs> All 200 of you.
<laughs> we'll keep bullying you if that's what you like. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Kinky. Just kidding. You can do that on our OnlyFans. Just kidding. We don't have one. <laughs> Unless. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If there's anything else you'd like to hear us cover in terms of true crime, I really enjoy these cases that I haven't really heard about. Yeah. It's nice to see. And killer kids fascinate me. Yeah. I feel like every time we talk about, like, minors killing people, I need to have my psych textbook out. So I'm like, hold on, let me go to page 42. This Mm -hmm. is important. (laughs) Pull out my notes on child development. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's fascinating. I'd love to do more cases like this. Let us know if you liked hearing it. If you're interested in hearing more cases of couples, probably more adults than anything else, Mm. don't forget to check out our friends over at Clark After Dark they are awesome, we love them and yeah that's about it for us this week we will be back maybe we'll do a Christmas themed thing oh oh my god, it's almost Christmas oh my god, it's almost Christmas oh my god and it's, oh, happy belated Hanukkah by the way is Hanukkah over? it started, so I don't know when it ends but happy Hanukkah yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll come back with, like, a Christmas, like, Krampus thing or, like, something Ooh. spooky Christmassy. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, if you guys have any suggestions for a Christmas special, let us know. Our Instagram is at creepsandcoffee. Our Twitter is at creepsandcoffee. I could not get the same username on both. Don't at me about it. And our email is creepsandcoffee at gmail.com. And I hope everyone has an amazing day, an awesome night, and a good time. Yep. Alright. Bye. Bye, guys. Coffee is produced and edited by us, Kate and Jame. Our theme music is Stuck in a Hole by Dated. For more information on where to find them, check out the link in our show notes. And to connect with us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Creeps and Coffee. what's going to happen if he fires Creed and Jim fake fires him and he goes, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself and it's your fault. That's how I feel about FaceTime right now. (laughs) That's fair. I don't know why ours is so glitchy.